Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Well, before we do get started, I want to say our listener support campaign continues. It enters its final weekend. I want to thank everyone who has supported the campaign uh, so far. Um, we probably won't uh, hear all of it um, until next week as I'm just recording this about halfway in. I want to thank Gary and Kathleen so much for their support. Uh, they became my uh, supporters, support.greatdetectives.net. And among the thank you gifts that we do have, uh, at the $20 level, you can choose from either Colonial Radio Theater's Father Brown stories or its uh, Perry Mason adaptations. And these are based on the original Perry Mason novel, so you get a feel for them exactly how they were uh, written. Uh, that's with a donation of $20 or more. At $100 or more, if you're in the U.S. or Canada, you can uh, get a copy of a book I refer to often as I host this show, The uh, Who is Johnny Dollar Matter by John C. Abbott. It's a great uh, series in three volumes, uh, providing a guide to every existing episode of jo Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. And most that aren't. Volume 1 uh, covers the uh, pre-Bailey era. Volume 2 covers the Bob Bailey era. And uh, Volume 3 uh, covers the post-Bailey era. And it's really interesting for all the Hollywood um, uh, scripts, most of them anyway, they've got summaries based on the author having gone and uh, actually reviewed the script. So you get an idea of what happened in all those uh, missing episodes. Uh, it's uh, it's available $100 uh, per volume. Uh, so if you give $100, we'll send you your choice, volumes 1, 2, or 3, or all three volumes with a donation of $250 or more. A full list of a full of all thank you gifts available at support.greatdetectives.net and you can also become a contributor at patreon.greatdetectives.net if you'd like to support the show on a monthly basis. All right, well, now it's time for today's episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. And this one is actually a little different from most we play, as it's a network uh, origination, so you get to hear some vintage 1950s uh, commercials. The original air date is March the 15th, 1959, and the title is The Baldero Matter. All right, now, for... Johnny Dollar. I have your call to Universal Adjustment Bureau in Hartford. Oh, thank you, operator. Hello. Pat McCracken. Johnny Dollar, Pat. Oh, Johnny, I've been trying to reach you. Yeah, I'm in Sarasota, Florida. Oh? Been down here the better part of a week and just thought I'd check oh, to see... Oh, Johnny, I'm glad you called. Can you grab a plane out to the West Coast? Don't see why not. Good. Now, your contact will be Arthur Arthur at Western Maritime and Property, office in Beverly Hills. Got it. What's it all about, Pat? Piracy, according to him. What was that? You heard me. Now, for a second there, I thought you said piracy. Maybe you'd better go out there and see him, huh? Yeah, but I still don't believe it. Bob Bailey in the exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. <laughs> 
America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Welcome, William Bendix. Nobody can act up to par with a nasty cold. I check my cold distress the fast way with four-way cold tablets. Yes, tests of four leading cold tablets prove four-way fastest acting of all. Amazing four-way starts in minutes to relieve aches, pains, headache, reduce fever, calm, upset stomach, also overcomes irregularity. Four-way is the fast way to relieve those cold miseries. Then you feel better quickly. Four-way cold tablets, only 29 and 59 cents. Now, a word about another fine product of Grove Laboratories. Does dandruff dull your hair, leave scalp itchy? Get Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo and get rid of unsightly dandruff in three minutes. Three minutes with Fitch regularly is guaranteed to keep embarrassing dandruff away forever. Apply Fitch before wetting hair, rub in one minute. Add water, lather one minute. Rinse one minute. Every trace of dandruff goes down the drain. Three minutes with Fitch, unsightly dandruff's gone. Fitch can also leave your hair up to 35% brighter. Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo. And now, act one of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense accounts submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Western Maritime and Property Insurance Company, Beverly Hills office. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the Baldero matter. Expense account item one, 146.85, plane ticket to Los Angeles. Earl Foreman, with whom I just finished working on a case, drove me from Sarasota to the International Airport in Tampa. Well, I don't know why not, Johnny. Oh, are you kidding? In this day and age, a bunch of bearded gorillas stripped to the waist, bandanas wrapped around their heads, waving cutlasses. I didn't say that, Johnny. And, and, and Long John Silver, I suppose, leading the boarding party. Oh, Earl, that kind of stuff went on a couple of hundred years ago. Sure, sure. But do you remember that palatial yacht that was boarded and taken over just off San Salvador about a year ago? Well, yes. Convicts from a prison colony on the island of Isabella. They had control of that yacht for three days, Johnny. When they left, they took along everything of value they could get their hands on. Yeah, I remember. You don't call that piracy? Well, maybe so. You think that's what happened in this case? There's only one way to find out. The flight to Los Angeles was uneventful. Thanks to the time zone differential, it was only 4.30 p.m. when I arrived. Item two, six dollars even for a cab to the Beverly Hilton where I parked my bags. Item three, ten cents for a phone call to Arthur Arthur who, if I remember correctly, was quite a character. Good insurance man, but, uh, well, a character. Item four, 75 cents for a cab to his office on Wilshire Boulevard. Yes, it all happened somewhere off the coast of Mexico. Mr. Baldston and his party were just cruising around. They were just taking life easy. Uh, Baldston is the owner of the yacht? H.B. Baldston. Oh, he's a big stockbroker. He lives here in Beverly Hills. It's 3124 North Roxbury Drive. And what's the name of his yacht? Uh, the Baldero. Oh, it is a tremendous thing, John. It's, trem it's over 100 feet from stem to stern. Wow. It's 100 it feet long. Arthur, uh, where, where does he keep it now? Where does he keep it? Oh, at his dock. He's down there in Balboa. Oh, you know where Balboa is. Yes, yes, I oh, know. Oh, one of the nicest places by the ocean in all of California. Yes. Now, Johnny, if I ever wanted yes, to retire, uh, that would be... Who were the guests on board? Well, let me see. His wife, of course, and Mr. and Mrs. Gerald Hooper, and young Richard Spidel, and Lee Woolway. 
Just cruising around, huh? Yes, but they'd planned to sail on up to San Francisco for that big charity ball up there on the 30th. Oh. <laughs> That's why they all had their finest clothes and most expensive jewelry with them. Oh? Yes, sir. $394,000 worth of jewelry. Stolen. Oh, yes. Plus a few other things, too. Mostly silverware. Things like that. Actually, it was reported to me by one of the guests on the yacht. These, uh, these pirates simply pulled alongside in the middle of the night, held them at gunpoint, took the stuff and left. That's right, Jeff. There were two of them. Oh, my, they must have been horrid fellas. Just where off the coast of Mexico did this happen? Well, I'm not quite sure. Mr. Balderston was, uh, well, he, he was kind of vague about where it happened. You know, he's kind of vague. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe I'd better talk to him. Uh, yes, by all means, John. Yeah. <laughs> Art, I'll see you later. Item 550 bucks, deposit on a rental car. I drove to the Baldessons' home on North Roxbury. It was a tremendous place in one of the most wealthy parts of Beverly Hills. A snazzy-looking sports car was parked in the broad driveway, and as I walked up to the front door, another car, a big sedan, pulled in the drive. A heavy-set, well-dressed, rather nice-looking man of about 50 got out of it and came over to me. Are you, uh, looking for someone, young man? Well, I believe this is the Balderston residence. That's right. And I'm Harry Balderston. Oh, well, my name is Dollar, Mr. Balderston. Johnny Dollar? The insurance investigator that Mr. Arthur sent for? That's right, sir. Well, come in, come in. We'll have a cocktail or two. I, uh, understand it's that time of day, and I'm sure you won't object. Not a bit. Good. And I'll tell you all about the unfortunate affair aboard the Baldero. Happened just night before last, you know. So I understand. But I'm not quite clear as to just exactly where you were when it happened. Down off the Mexican coast, Dollar. Uh, sit down, sit down. Thanks. Yes, it took us nearly 12 hours to get back to Balboa. And at 11 knots, well, you can figure it out for yourself. Uh, Mary Lee. Yes, Harry? Come on down, dear. I want you to meet Mr. Johnny Dollar. Oh, all right, dear. Now, I'll pour us a drink and tell you all about it. So he poured. His wife joined us and we talked. But I'm afraid I didn't learn much more than I already knew. They'd both been asleep when it happened. The so-called pirates had come aboard very quietly. Both they and their guests had been held in their respective cabins by one of the men while the other gathered the loot. The men had worn long oilskin raincoats, had nylon stockings pulled over their faces to conceal their identity. Only one of the guests, Lee Wilway, had even seen the boat they'd used. Balderson never did tell me definitely where it happened. And the more I listened, the more suspicious I got. Yeah, suspicious of him. Act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. There goes a treasure car. There goes another. And another. And one of them may be your car. Yes, folks, you may have a Fram treasure hunt filter in your car worth $1,000 and not even know it. A Fram filter worth 1,000 silver dollars. A filter change is important to today's cars, so important that Fram Corporation, in conjunction with its silver anniversary, is paying $60,000 in cash to get you to check your filters now. Last year, 10,000 secretly numbered Fram filters were distributed all over the United States and installed in cars during regular servicing. These filters are worth from $1 to $1,000. You may have one in your car and not even know it. A Fram filter worth 1,000 silver dollars. Check your oil filter and air filter now. If there's a specially numbered Fram filter in your car, you will win up to 1,000 silver dollars and your dealer will win the same amount. Get in on Fram's big silver treasure hunt. Check your car filters now. 
And now, act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Baldero Matter. Well, Dollar, it was hard to tell just where we were. I keep an engineer on board, and he'd been at the wheel most of the day. But you were anchored for the night. Yeah, that's right. You see, we were just killing time until it was time to head north to San Francisco and that uh, charity ball the ladies wanted to go to. Yes, the charity ball. And after waiting two months, now I suppose we'll just have to forget it with all our jewelry guns. Didn't you check your position to find your way back to Balboa? Just headed east, then follow the shoreline. You say that one of your guests... Incidentally, I want to check with them. Oh, by all means. I'll give you their addresses. Yes, there may have been details that we've forgotten, overlooked. After all, we were a bit upset over what had happened, and probably more than a little confused. Well, I know I was. You said that one of your friends got a look at the boat these men used. Yes, yes, Lee Wilway ran up on deck. Of course, it was dark and there was some fog, but uh, Lee said it was a black boat. Well, now you A can't... long black speedboat. Maybe. By the time the rest of us got up there, it had completely disappeared. Then uh, I had uh, Beacon start the diesels, and we made the run back to Balboa. You notified the Coast Guard, of course. Not until we got in. What? Well, Lee had been fooling with the radio earlier. The rest of us were in the main cabin playing cards. And, uh, well, when we tried to send out a call, the transmitter wouldn't work. Well, I find this, Lee, will we? Here, I've written down the address for you. And our other guests, too. Mr. and Mrs. Hooper and Richard Spidor. Thank you. Now, uh, Mr. Dollar... Mr. Balderston... Yes? I'll see you later. Yeah, there was something very funny about this whole thing. But I wasn't quite sure just what. I checked with Mr. and Mrs. Hooper. Elderly, very quiet and dignified. Their story was the same as the Balderstons. Except in one thing. They weren't at all sure it had taken them any 12 hours to get back to port. I drove to the address of Lee Wilway. It was a small apartment below Wilshire. After all, if Lee was the only one awake and alert enough to have taken a good look at the pirates in their boats. Yeah, and what about the yacht's radio that wouldn't work after Lee had spent the evening fooling with it? Yes? Oh, I beg... Well, uh, that is, I'm looking for Lee Wilway. I'm Lee. Who are you? Believe me, Charles of the Ritz would have been proud of this one. A living doll. Twenty-three or four, she was tall, slim, and a pretty face topped with red hair that looked oh so carefully disarranged. Yeah, she was a beauty. And yet, as we talked, I couldn't quite picture this gal on a yachting trip with the Baldistons. Gee, no, I haven't the least idea where we were when it happened, Johnny. It could have been a million miles out to sea, but if Baldy... <laughs> I mean, Mr. Balderson says it took us 12 hours to get back. It must have taken us 12 hours. And you're sure you didn't recognize either of the men who boarded the yacht, Lee, huh? Well, I certainly didn't. But I saw the boat they had. It was a long black one. Solid black? Solid black. Did anyone else on board see that boat? No. At least, I don't think so. What did you do after they left? Went up to the bridge, to the radio. Uh, didn't they tell you? To call the Coast Guard? Yeah, sure, only... They said uh, you were at the radio earlier. Yes, just listening. But after it was over and I tried to call the Coast Guard, well, it just wouldn't work. Like another drink, Johnny? The Baldistons and Hoopers were playing bridge earlier. Yes, look, Johnny, have you had dinner yet? Where were the other guests? Dicky boy? Yes, Dick Spidel. Oh, I don't know. And what did he do after you were boarded and robbed? <laughs> he was probably down in his cabin with his head under the covers, scared to death. 
If he'd had any nerve, he could have stopped them, too. What do you mean? Well, his was the one cabin they didn't go into. They didn't bother him. And he knew there was a rifle they used for shooting sharks. He knew it was on the rack just outside his door. And if he'd come up shooting with it, why, Larry, why those pirates would have jumped overboard and run for home. I just bet they would. Apparently, you don't think much of this dick spider. Would you? I mean, acting like that? I mean, doing nothing when he could have? Incidentally, when I stopped at the Baldistons, I saw a sports car outside. Oh, yeah. Isn't that a dreamboat? It's Larry's. Who's Larry? Larry Baldiston. He's my... Oh, gee, Johnny, I'm getting hungry. Why don't we have another drink and then have some dinner? Hmm? Sorry, but I'm afraid I can't. I'm not used to being turned down, Johnny. Well, I'm sorry, but there are a couple of people I've got to see. Oh, like who? Your friend Dick Spital, among others. Oh. I'll see you later, Lee. I'll be here, Johnny. I guess I'm not as familiar with the streets of Los Angeles as I thought. It took me over half an hour to find Spital's apartment. It was one of those ultra-swank affairs just off Sweetser Avenue below the famous Sunset Strip. I parked under a big palm tree. Then, as I backed out of my car, another one roared up and stopped behind me. The glare of the headlights partly blinded me. Just a minute, you. Huh? Johnny Dollar, huh? That's right. Who are you? Here. Oh! Act three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. Ever have trouble sleeping nights because of acid indigestion, heartburn, or gas? Then remember, for acid indigestion, nothing but Tums works so fast to make you feel so good so long. Tums work fast. Get rid of the burning excess acids that won't let you sleep. In a matter of seconds, you begin to feel better, and Tums relief stays with you. You relax, go to sleep pleasantly, because Tums bring complete relief. Get rid of burning excess stomach acids completely. Nothing but Tums works so fast to make you feel so good so long. So when acid indigestion keeps you awake, take Tums. Keep a handy roll of Tums on the night table within easy reach. And remember, there's no mixing or fixing with Tums. You don't even need to get out of bed. Get the very best. Get Tums, 10 cents, three roll pack a quarter. Or get the new six roll pack with free metal carrier, only 49 cents. Always carry Tums, T-U-M-S. Keep your tummy under Tums control. And now, act three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. The headlights of my attacker's car had partly blinded me, but I'd seen enough of it to know it was the same one I'd seen at the home of Mr. Balderston. Yeah, his son Larry's. But I came to to find myself parked behind the wheel of my own car. And lying on the seat beside me were five crisp hundred-dollar bills and a note. Take this money and get out of town, it said. You have no case anyway because the things that were stolen off the yacht have been returned. So you may as well leave while you have your health. No signature. There was only one person in the world I wanted to see at that moment, Larry Balderston. But I felt a bit rocky since I was at the front door of Dick Spidel's apartment. Since I'd really come to see him... And if I was lucky, he might have a good stiff drink handy. Feeling better now, Mr. Dollar? Yeah, yeah, I am. Thanks, Dick. It's Richard, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah, sure. But uh, go on with what you were saying. 
Well, the whole thing was absurd, of course. But the only reason Mrs. Balderston insisted on taking Lee on that yachting trip into the charity affair, and of course I was supposed to be her escort, was to shame her, to show her up. How do you mean? Well, after all, in spite of her beauty, she is a rather common person. Rather cheap. So, Mrs. Balderston hoped that facing her with the ladies and gentlemen who attend the ball would embarrass her. Oh, I see. And that she'd realize she has no place among people like ourselves. People like you are just too good for her. Well, to put it bluntly, yes. In any event, Mrs. Balderston hoped it would break off this rather sordid romance. Romance? Mm. She and Lawrence Balderston. Larry, she calls him. And Lee is only after his money. But I take it Larry got wind of this little plan. Lawrence said that he would prevent its being carried out if it was the last thing he ever did. So he staged the piracy bet. Oh, I'm sure it was he. He's always done silly things like that, Mr. Dollar. Rich, headstrong, spoiled as he is. So when I heard the noise up on deck, I simply locked myself in my cabin and refused to budge when he and whoever he had helping him boarded the yacht. Or because you were scared? I... Beg your pardon. Thanks a lot, Dick. It's Richard, if you help. Oh, and incidentally... Yes? You think Lee Wilway was in on it, too? That that's why she spent so much time on the ship's radio earlier in the evening? Indubitably. So that she could guide him to the yacht in his speedboat. His speedboat, of course, has all sorts of radio equipment aboard. What color is that speedboat? A mahogany. Why? Lee said the pirates were using a solid black boat. Which simply proves she was on to his plan. What do you mean? Well, the stupid... The wench was lying, that's all. Yeah, maybe you're right. Thanks, Dick. It's Richard, if you don't... Mr. Dollar, do come in. Thank you, Mrs. Walderston. My husband's on the telephone talking to the engineer of our yacht down in Balboa. Oh. And what do you think has happened? I think I can guess. That's fine. Just stay on watch and I'll be back down there to pick those things up in the morning. Goodbye. It's true, Mary Lee. Oh, splendid. Whoever took them from us returned everything to the boat. Everything is... Oh, Mr. Dollar. Did you hear that? Yes, I heard. Where's your son, Larry, or Lawrence, or whatever you call him? Larry? Well, as a matter of fact, well, the I... dear boy came in just a little while ago. Where is he? Uh, in the study, I believe. He said he had a call to make on the other phone. Thanks. Why, what's wrong, Mr. Dollar? Uh, Mr. Dollar! Yes, I saw you through the window, Lee. Trying to make up to that guy, Dollar. And let me tell you this. Let me give you this! Ooh. Larry, what is it? Want some more, Larry? Yeah. Now, listen, Dollar... Well, if that's the way you feel about it, you and that family of yours can... Well, I'm set up. I said, do you want some more or do you want to start talking? Okay, okay, oh, okay I did it. I rigged the whole thing, uh, Jimmy Driscoll and I, because I was fed up with the way Mother was trying to run my life. Lawrence, dear. Yeah, but maybe she was right about Lee, after all. Of course she was, son. Why, of course, dear. But now, look, Dollar... If you think you can get away with barging in here and slugging me... Oh, oh you... Yes, why? more? Enough, Larry, huh? You had enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, Dollar. Okay. Sorry, Mr. Balderston, but I kind of owed it to him. Dollar, I've been hoping somebody do that for a long time. What? Sure, I, I've spoiled him, too. It's been my fault as much as his mother's. My fault? But I never had any idea he'd carry things as far as he did. Of course, if you like, sir, I could prefer assault charges for his attack on me earlier. No, 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 I don't think it'll be necessary. 
And I'm much obliged to you. But my poor boy... Just leave him alone, Mary Lee. And suppose you leave us alone while I settle things with Mr. Dollar. See, in this case, forget it. The 500 that Larry mistakenly tried to bribe me with, plus a nice fat check for Mr. Balderston. Well, much as the thought of it hurts me, let's forget the expense account, too. Okay? Okay. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Our star will return in just a moment. Who's gonna win the thoroughbred Kentucky Club? Thoroughbred. Who's gonna win that horse and make it pay? Lots of money. Well, Kentucky Club. Pipe Tobacco has to find the winner. So the horse is here. The time is near. Get your entry blank today. Yes, enter the annual Derby Day contest sponsored by Kentucky Club's nine brands of pipe tobaccos. First prize, a thoroughbred bay colt, son of famous oil capital, who won over $580,000. Jockey Ted Atkinson helped select this prize colt. You name him and he's yours. He could win a fortune for you. Get Kentucky Club Derby Day contest entry blanks free at tobacco counters now. Hey! Who's gonna win the thoroughbred Kentucky Club thoroughbred? Who's gonna win that horse and make it pay? Want the money? Well, Kentucky Club Pipe Tobacco has to find the winner. So the horse is here, the time is near. Get your entry blank today. Now, here's our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week? Oh, wait a minute. Belated congratulations to station WJLS in Beckley, West Virginia on its 20th anniversary. Next week, I really go fishing. Yeah, for a body in the middle of Lake Mead. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, originates in Hollywood and is written, produced, and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in our cast were Virginia Gregg, Eleanor Audley, Vic Perrin, Howard McNear, Larry Dobkin, Will Wright, Carlton G. Young, and Jack Edwards. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This is Dan Coverly speaking. Today's commentary is brought to you by The Only Living Boy, a graphic novel series written by longtime listener and award-winning comics creator David Gallagher, along with Steve Ellis. Inspired by classic pulp novels, old-time radio broadcast, and Saturday morning cartoons, The Only Living Boy is a swashbuckling graphic novel. And now this acclaimed epic fantasy is available in print for the first time. It tells the story of Eric, a runaway boy who awakens on a strange planet. He may be the last human alive, but he is not alone. 
Eric must team up with an insect princess and a mermaid warrior to defeat an evil dragon and a slew of dangerous creatures. Discover the graphic novel series called Magical by Pop Matters and Very Fun by io9. I've read the first volume and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's an exciting and colorful story which makes it a great gift that children will love to read while still holding the attention of adult readers. Volume 1 of The Only Living Boy is on sale in bookstores and wherever great graphic novels are sold on March 8th. Buy your copy today at olbcomic.com. Welcome back. A very solid uh, mystery and also played into continuity with Johnny having uh, been in Florida. And it definitely makes sense to check in with Pat McCracken uh, before heading back. Because otherwise you just have the get to the apartment and then turn around and fly wherever uh, Pat's uh, going to send you. Well, our first uh, listener comment comes from uh, Joseph who says... I often find myself playing catch-up with the podcast, but I love listening. Johnny Dollar and Philip Marlowe are certainly my favorite, while Nick Carter and the Avenger? Sorry, but they aren't uh, ranking high with me. Well, I definitely uh, appreciate that, Joe. I really hope that you will uh, enjoy mystery theater, and certainly Boston Blackie, which will be following on its heels. But having so many uh, tastes, uh, it's hard to have a, sh- you know, everybody's not going to like every show, but there'll be a show out that uh, every mystery fan will like in our lineup. Uh, he says, I'm usually in the car when I listen, but I happen to be sitting at work when I listened to episode 1807, Johnny Dollar, the other day. I do uh, work the Google on the internet machine because the way Johnny solved the case set off my baloney meter. He said you couldn't get see diamonds and x-rays. That didn't sound right. Guess what? I still don't. Every other site I looked at had a different answer. Either way, it was a good episode. An even more baffling question to me is how do some folks fall asleep listening to these shows? Uh, Keep up the great work, Adam. I have fallen asleep listening occasionally, but generally that's when I'm really, really tired and um, I fall in asleep in spite of rather than because of. But uh, thanks so much for checking on the research on that. And uh, definitely if there's a mixed results on the research, it probably means the writers at least had some basis for... Uh, writing it, certainly the standard of proof uh, that you would uh, require before uh, writing a uh, detective show. Um, other comments, just a general positive feedback for Johnny Dollar. Uh, Dustin says, love listening to Johnny Dollar. And uh, Michael says, I love Johnny Dollar the best. And uh, then we have this uh, comment from Joan, uh, who said, uh, uh, oh, Oh, by the way, I enjoyed Vincent Price in Escape's Three Skeleton Key. I'd heard it before, but it was still gripping, uh, to, I was still gripping my chair as I listened to it again. Uh, Vince does a good job for the show. Even, uh, in so early a time in his life, he seemed to put a lot into the sense of horror. Uh, very true and, uh, definitely 
actually made it memorable because actually the request I had for the program didn't specify whether it'd be Vincent Price and it was I technically could have played the version with William Conrad and it, but as much as I love Vincent of uh William Conrad I knew Vincent Price would be better and I'm glad the early version worked out for you he actually reperformed that uh, two or three more times for suspense. So it'll be interesting to see if his delivery evolved much. I did have one person who was somewhat concerned because this wasn't a detective show and certainly last week's special wasn't. Um, but I will say, uh, when it comes to detective, uh, shows, uh, when we're talking about the specials, we're still giving you detective programs, um, Monday through Saturday. Um, so um, I hope that uh, works for most folks. And uh, she does also have a good comment regarding Broadway is my beat. I really like Danny Clover and have listened to a number of his shows. Well, thanks so much for the feedback. And like I said, eventually we're going to uh, try and bring the full version of Broadway is my beat. It's just an incredible uh, lot to uh, go ahead and air. And then we have a comment uh, from Joe who says, uh, you're doing a great job. I love the podcast. How do you manage to do all the research and do the podcast? Is this a full-time job for you? Um, well, I would say that it's about a part-time job. Uh, the answer is a lot of multitasking and a lot of uh, research. Some of it is just stuff I found and you just uh, know it. I have a day job in addition to this. I think I probably spend yeah quite a bit of time each week on this, and I enjoy it uh, thoroughly, but I definitely like to be able to dedicate more time to that. And I've been very fortunate to have the support of so many listeners over the years who've made it possible for us to cover a lot of the expenses that go into making the show. But we need a full-fledged, uh, regular sponsor to uh, make that sort of thing uh, possible. With the way the show has grown, Grown. We had, I think, a sponsor very briefly, fourth quarter 2009. And with the way the show has grown, if we had a sponsor paying at that same rate, once you'd done that over time and take it, done your due diligence, I could make it a full-time focus. But until then, I'm just thankful to be able to do the show and to bring so many of my favorite shows to people who are really uh, enjoying them all over the world. And uh, so thanks for everybody's support in that regards. And uh, that does... Um, also bring up our listener support campaign, which continues. Uh, you can become a uh, regular monthly contributor, $2 or more a month at uh, patreon.greatdetectives.net. You can also uh, support us on a one-time basis uh, at uh, support.greatdetectives.net. And uh, during the listener support campaign, which ends uh, this weekend, with a donation of $20 or more, we'll send you a great colonial radio theater uh, drama, which could include Zorro and the Pirate Raiders, or, uh, King Solomon's Mines, great adventure stories. At the $50 level, we'll send you a BBC Radio 4 Poirot audio drama, and with a donation of $100 or more, we'll send you Poirot's Finest Cases. This is a collection of eight audio dramas starring John Moffat as Poirot. 
their full cast, brilliantly done, incredibly faithful adaptations, some better than those that were done on, uh, than what was done on television, in my opinion. And that's available with a donation of $100 or more. A full list of, of available thank you gifts is at support.greatdetectives.net. Well, that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for Dragnet. And next Friday, another episode of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. In the meanwhile, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. <laughs>